This is Asha Voices. I'm J.D. Gray. Today on Asha Voices, we're spotlighting the Swallow Your Pride podcast. Host Teresa Richard joins us to discuss what she's learned while hosting the show aimed at SLPs managing swallowing disorders. We discuss Teresa's path to the healthcare field, the origins of her podcast, and what it's been like to speak to SLPs working on the front lines against COVID-19. I almost felt guilty at first for wanting to ask them to come on and talk about their experiences with COVID, but they were all so willing to share because they wanted other SLPs to know that they were going through the same things. Plus, Teresa shares a few of the episodes that changed how she practices. I'm J.D. Gray, and this is Asha Voices. Support for Asha Voices comes from Pura Thick Natural Thickener. Don't compromise quality and nutrition on a thickened diet. Pure Thick is the only USDA organic thickener made for both adults and children. Learn more and get free samples at purethick.com voices. We're joined today by Teresa Richard. Teresa is an SLP, the founder of Mobile Dysphagia Diagnostics, a dysphagia diagnostics and consulting company, and host of the Swallow Your Pride podcast. Each episode features a conversation, often with an SLP specializing in swallowing disorders or related subjects, focused on evidence-based approaches to dysphagia treatment. With over 150 episodes, Teresa has covered everything from instrumental evaluations to ethics, from pneumonia to business development, and so much more. The Swallow Your Pride podcast is responding to events of 2020 by featuring guests speaking on issues like cultural humility and diversity and COVID-19. Since Teresa is a swallowing specialist, I asked her to start by sharing how she chose to specialize in swallowing disorders and what it is that brings her to work every day. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's <laughs> I definitely was not one of those that uh grew up aspiring to specialize in swallowing disorders. I don't know, you know, many people that do have that career path on their radar. If they do, that's amazing. And I'm glad it's getting out there that it is a career path. But I originally got into speech pathology because I have a brother with cerebral palsy who used AAC devices growing up. And I just always thought that was so fascinating. So that is what led me to speech pathology. I thought I would want to work with kids. I did my CF in the schools and I hated it. My CF supervisor, actually, she was wonderful, loved her to pieces. She worked in the schools during the day. And then in the evening, she would go and do a few hours at the local nursing home. And she kept saying to me, you know, you should come with me. You should come shadow me sometime. I think you'd really like it. And I was like, no, I have no desire to work on the medical setting. I have no desire to work with old people. You know, I just kept telling myself I love the schools. I was going to learn to love it. But I ended up reluctantly going with her one night to the nursing home. And I still just remember that night like it was clear as day. And I just loved it. And I did not have any medical practicums in grad school, which is insane to think that that's what my entire career is based off of right now. I just remember saying to her, oh my gosh, you literally help people get back to eating and drinking. And you know, I know we, we all had dysphagia class in grad school, but I think to see it real time and to hear how appreciative these patients were, that they were just so grateful. She came in and did some exercises and kind of talked about what was going right, what was going wrong. And it just, it to me was just like this light bulb, like this is so fulfilling. This is what I want to do. I told her, I was like, you were right. I love that. And then I ended up right when my CF was over getting hired on by that nursing facility, actually. So I ended up working there for quite a long time, um, which was wonderful. And kind of from there, I just knew that I did not 
I knew I did not have the proper education needed. And I was young. I was hungry. I still am, thank goodness, (laughs) pun intended. But I just kind of dove into continuing education and knowing what I needed to learn. And I did not want to do these patients a disservice. I knew I was a licensed speech pathologist, but I did not have the medical speech pathology background that a lot of other people did. So I really spent a lot of time immersing myself in that knowledge and the continuing education. And kind of from there, just my passion continued to grow for it. I I had worked in the same facility for oh, maybe five, six years. And then I had started doing some travel speech therapy. And I worked at this one building in the middle of nowhere, but they were lucky enough to have a mobile fees company come out to see them. And I just remember that day like it was yesterday. And the experience that the endoscopist had with the patient and with me, and I just thought it was such a beautiful collaborative effort, being able to see the swallow in the most natural setting. And that's what really sparked my interest for then wanting to pursue fees even further. I went and got fees trained and started my company. And just from there, I knew that, you know, if this is going to be my career path and this, I'm going to have a company based off of this information that I had better make sure I've got my story straight and that I know what I'm talking about. So (laughs) again, I just dove into a ton more CEUs. And at that point they were offering the board certification in swallowing. And so I went for that and it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my career, but so fulfilling. And I'm really glad to do it. And I'm on a lot of committees for (laughs) the American Board of Swallowing and Swallowing Disorders now, but I just love everything they stand for. It's interesting to me that I can hear how much work that you've put into making sure not just that you're able to to do the work, but that you make sure that you're you're doing it with the fundamentals, right? And it's something with your podcast as well, that you make sure that everything is research-based, right? I can tell that's very important to you. Yeah, very much. I think I think it's hard because there's not going to be a way for us to learn everything in this field all in, in grad school or all at once. That's just impossible. It's it's not possible to ask, but we do have a duty as SLPs. And, you know, I mean, it's in the ASHA code of ethics that we've got to be competent in what we're treating and competent is not a black and white term. It's pretty gray. What one person thinks is competent in one area, another might not. But, you know, I think as long as we're aspiring to continue learning and to continue collaborating with our peers you know, there's just so much to be said about working together and having mentorship and supporting each other because, you know, we are kind of all, you know, they say you're working on dysphagia island, which is the reality of it. This idea of community, this idea of collaboration with other SLPs, is that one of the things that led you to start your podcast? It absolutely is. I um, actually started a blog. I had a blog going at first that I really just thought was going to just be some information for some SLPs at the facilities that I was servicing with my mobile fees company. You know, I kept getting the same questions over and over. And I said, you know, I might as well just like write these up in a blog post, put them up on my website. And that way it's easily accessible. And I was not expecting them to be read by tens of thousands of people. And I think that was just so shocking to me that there was that many SLPs out there just really craving more in-depth knowledge about this. So I truly loved blogging, but it just takes a ton of time. And I think like just I was just being such a perfectionist with my grammar and my words and people would always correct me. And I'm like, you know, I want to keep continuing this sharing of information, this sharing of knowledge, but I don't have the time or the patience to continue down the blogging path. So I was like, you know what, let me just start a podcast because then I can just kind of blab my words out and hopefully it makes the same <laughs> sense. And so I did and and it was just really, yeah, it was it was a hit. 
We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Teresa shares a few episodes of the podcast that changed how she practices. Support for Asha Voices comes from Pure Thick Natural Thickener. Pure Thick thickens hot and cold liquids and is made from quality organic ingredients. It does not contain xanthan gum, corn, or any other common allergens. For adults and children over one year old, Pure Thick is simple, tasteless, and smooth never slimy or gritty. Improve tolerance of thickened liquids without compromising the quality of the diet. Pure Thick is available today on Amazon Prime. Learn more and request free samples for your patients at purethick.com voices. We're going to jump back into my conversation with Teresa Richard, host of the Swallow Your Pride podcast. I asked her if any of her guests changed the way she practices. <laughs> I, to be honest, there's been so much that I've learned through the podcast that has changed my practice. I know very early on, Dr. John Ashford did a podcast, I think it was maybe like episode two or three, just all about oral care. And I had heard that it was important. We all know that our patients should need to brush their teeth. It's a, I think, basic human right that people have their teeth brushed, but there's just so much more behind that as far as health concerns and overall health concerns and how having a swallowing disorder can impact that the way that he presented it. And he also presented some literature, some dental literature as well. I know so many SLPs, probably thousands of SLPs can say that was definitely like a game changing episode for them. Two others I think of off the top of my head, if you don't mind. One with Dr. Susan Butler, such a, such a kind woman out of North Carolina. And she did a lot of the research in just how it's normal for healthy, normal people to aspirate. And I think for so long, we've been given this name that we're the diet police or that we just, you know, we change people's diets because we're so scared of aspiration. But I believe one of the research papers that she did and what she talked about in that episode was that 18% of healthy, normal people aspirate consistently. So for us to just assume that someone is aspirating and that it's leading to negative health consequences, that's the key there. uh, We can't do that. So learning really more about the work that she's doing really made me question a lot of what I'd been doing in my practice and and rightfully so. And then the other one, of course, is is Dr. Susan Langmore, who she is the creator of the fees procedure that I do. Such a kind, bright, intelligent woman. I had her on actually for episode 100 of my podcast. (laughs) Besides that, she also wrote a paper called The Predictors of Pneumonia. And dysphagia happens to be number seven. So there's six other things that can be going on in the body that can be leading to pneumonia that is not just dysphagia. As medical speech pathologists, we have to look at things from a medical standpoint. And that's something that I've just had such a passion about learning more about is is how the entire body works. And I wish we did have more of a medical training in our background. I, I don't know what the answer to that is. I don't have all the answers. I just try to share what I know. But it's something that I really seek to learn more about because I think we owe it to our patients to have a really good, solid medical foundation in order to help them make the decisions that's right for their care. I want to jump in briefly and say that if you're looking to learn more about swallowing disorders and managing dysphagia, you can find many resources at asha.org. Find a link to those resources on the blog post for this episode at leader.pubs.asha.org. This year is seeing new questions emerge consistently because of COVID-19. Daily tasks are being disrupted, changed, modified, and adapted. And this has led to questions from healthcare professionals. Teresa responded to the pandemic on her podcast with a number of episodes covering swallowing-related issues. I asked Teresa what she's heard about the experience of SLPs during the pandemic. 
I think so many SLPs didn't know their role. And, and in a lot of places, it's still not very clear. You know, I'm trying to think of some of the things that they were doing in facilities, just, you know, helping turn patients prone. I mean, they were doing things that are, is not anything that we ever usually do in the field of speech pathology. But when you're in a global pandemic, it's an all hands on deck approach and do whatever you have to do to help out your nursing and physician colleagues and whatever is going to be best for the patients. I think it was so interesting and fascinating and just beautiful to hear from our colleagues the way that they were helping out in ways that they wouldn't have been, you know, in times when it was just all out madness. I, I, I'll never forget the day just sitting in my office, you know, when all of this was just going horrifically in New York City. And I had so many colleagues that were working on the front lines and just hearing from them about what they had been doing. It was emotional to say the least. I, I almost felt guilty at first for wanting to ask them to come on and talk about their experiences with COVID, but they were all so willing to share because they wanted, they just wanted other SLPs to know that they were going through the same things and that nobody's created the guidebook yet for dealing with COVID-19. And it just, it was really beautiful to see a lot of our colleagues be willing to speak out about their experiences. And some were cautious to come on because they didn't know if what they were doing was the right thing or if what they were doing should be the standard of care with treating patients with COVID-19, but it really showed the creativity of our field. It's just been really fascinating to see everybody come together and talk about really how they're swerving. And I think a lot of facilities are even using a, an iPad to communicate through the nurses and, and with the patients and with their families. And you know what can we provide from a communication aspect as well? I know what I do is swallowing and what a lot of medical SLPs do is swallowing, but what we also do is help people communicate. For some of these SLPs, what it meant was helping their patient say, I love you to a family member on a phone through FaceTime or just through an iPad, you know, and it was just, it was, it was really lovely to see how everybody really came together and was just willing to share what they had been doing and experiencing and hopefully help give some, some solace to what everybody else was doing. And then I think too, like you mentioned that maybe there was some doubt on behalf of the SLPs that, you know, were they doing the exact correct thing as this was emerging, but I think that's part of the story too, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I think it is, it's special to hear from people going through such a moment in our country and in the world and, and to hear from those people firsthand and to hear from this field firsthand. Yeah, yeah. And then that's another thing too that like I was surprised about is I a lot of those guests that we had on had reached out to me and said, you know, hey Teresa, I'm I'm so and so from this facility. I got permission from my administrators and our doctors and I'd love to come on and really share my experience. And, you know, I was just I was so moved and so touched that they wanted to open up and I mean these conversations were were pretty ugly. I mean, there was not many dry conversations that I had during this time and they were heavy and they were emotional, but I know that so many SLPs really appreciated hearing what was just going on in other facilities, because you're just left to wonder, you know, is this madness happening elsewhere? How are people dealing with this? What do we do next? Where do we go from here? Yeah. And this year has also seen the emergence of more attention on diversity and issues surrounding cultural competency. I was going to ask how you chose to cover those issues on the podcast as well. Yeah, I mean... I, I mean, we had to. I mean, it's sad that it has to come to this, but I'm grateful. Um, and I'm grateful that it led us to having so many of these hard conversations. And I am so 100% open and happy to having these conversations and having a platform for people of color to have a place to express themselves. I can't imagine some of the experiences that they had. And 
and the experiences in grad school. And I know just some of the statistics that some of my guests shared about being a Black speech pathologist and how even just the rate of getting into grad school is so much lower and just how they were treated and how their patients are treated. And this is just, it's it's not acceptable. Like, and, and like I said, it's sad that we have to have these conversations to treat each other fairly and treat each other equally. And and if, if I can do my part to just have a platform for these SLPs to share how they're feeling and, and really what we can do to be more open to these conversations. And I can't remember, I think the one guest mentioned, she liked to call it cultural humility, um, which I, I know that a lot of people have, have used that term. And I think that's really it. You know, it's, we've got to be open to having these conversations and just being humbled to knowing that we don't know how, as a white person, I don't know how that feels. I don't know what they're experiencing. And I'm not one to say that, no, that's not happening to you. No, you shouldn't feel that way. I'm not going to do that. And they have a right to come on and express themselves how they feel. And and we need to be there to support them and change our rhetorics and change the way that we we say things, the way we treat patients of color. There's definitely a lot to be done in the healthcare field. And, and they a lot of them revealed a lot of the statistics with that as well, which that was really alarming to me. So again, I'm, I'm happy to have a place, a platform. And, and one thing that I've really said, and I'm true to my word with this, is that I don't want this to just go away. You know, I know it was a cool social media thing. And I just, I did not want it to be just that day. I want to make sure we're continuing to have these conversations, something that we really, truly need to do better as SLPs and just as humans in general. And so looking forward, it sounds like that's going to be a continued part of your conversations. Yeah, definitely. Teresa, thank you so much. Appreciate the uh, conversation. Thank you. To hear more about dysphagia and COVID-19, check out the previous episode of ASHA Voices. On the episode, I was joined by two members of the Dysphagia Research Society COVID-19 Task Force, Martin Brodsky and Georgia Malandraki. Marty takes me through the response to the pandemic through the perspective of an SLP working in healthcare. And Georgia shares what she's hearing about what the pandemic might mean for the relationship between SLPs working with swallowing disorders and telepractice. Find more dysphagia resources at asha.org by navigating to the COVID-19 updates banner at the top of the page. And to hear episodes of the Swallow Your Pride podcast, search for it wherever you find podcasts. We'll add a link to Teresa's podcast on the blog post for this episode. That's at leader.pubs.asha.org. We'll be back in two weeks with another new episode of ASHA Voices. ASHA Voices is produced by the American Speech-Language Hearing Association and comes from the team behind the ASHA Leader magazine. Support for ASHA Voices comes from Purithic Natural Thickener. When your patients need thickened liquids, recommend Purithic. Certified organic and kosher for all ages. Learn more and request free samples today at purithic.com voices. Production assistance for ASHA Voices comes from Pamela Lawrence, I'm J.D. Gray, and this is ASHA Voices.